Welcome to the Healthcare Podcast, brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, Elmer Guardado. With everything in the industry transitioning to digital only, the healthcare industry must adapt to not only provide good service, but also proper cybersecurity. Maria Liu, Vice President of Business Development of First Health Advisory Solutions, joins us to discuss global payment method and advancements in cybersecurity within healthcare. How you doing, Maria? Good. How are you? Glad to be good, part of this. Good. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for joining us. So I want to just start a uh, super base level and let, let's, let's talk, tell me a little bit about what First Health Advisory Solutions does and what exactly you do as their VP. Sure. First Health Advisory Solutions um, is really um, part of the uh, healthcare landscape in terms of providing consultative services and um, uh, really full-time um, higher attempt to perm uh, recruiting and resourcing needs for um, hospitals, healthcare entities, and uh, healthcare providers. Um, we mainly focus um, on Cerner technology, Epic technology, so your electronic health records, um, and we also focus on cybersecurity. So that is an aspect where we've been uh, in the healthcare market, and because we're focused on healthcare and healthcare companies, we can provide a more tailored solution for them in terms of cybersecurity. Alrighty. So what are your main goals as SVP? Yeah, as VP I, uh, of Business Solutions, my main goals are to um, always connect with um, you know new clients, um, keep connected with our current clients, and really stay in uh, focus with the same concerns and the same um, issues that our clients face and to really understand uh, their challenges and roadblocks and and what they see in uh, the industry. And, and how did you get involved in this? Because this, this is obviously a, a super niche a, a job title. So how, how did you even get into this? Yeah, Elmer, I, um, well, <laughs> I started in, um, college. So I had always loved technology and healthcare. And I, you know, back when I was in college in, in 2001, I didn't really realize at the time that there was a, um, a career path for where the two uh, intersect, right? So the the thought process back then was that um, I got my biomedical engineering degree because that combined healthcare and it combined technology and engineering. And then, um, you know, med school was also part of the initial plan. And when I was um, in undergrad um, and completing my uh, pre-med work um, for the pre-med track, um, I, I had this really great opportunity that um, not a lot of people have. So I volunteered at um, Mercy Hospitals in Iowa City, um, I, Hawkeye, so, you know, University <laughs> of Iowa. And and uh, the physicians there, I cannot say enough amazing things about these ER physicians saw that I was a college volunteer and I will never forget they you know they approached me and said hey are you pre-med is this why you're doing this and I said absolutely and they let me sit in on um, exams they brought me in and let me follow them around essentially during my uh, volunteer track so they let me follow them around see exams they showed me dictation and 
uh, physician workflow. They talked to me about how they came to their diagnosis. And it was really amazing. But that was also when um, I really experienced electronic health record for the first time. They had at Mercy Hospital in the ER, they had their first net tracking board. And prior to this, Elmer, I, I had only ever seen tracking boards on TV and, you know, in other hospitals where it is that um, that old school whiteboard method. Right. And with this tracking board, it was it was like the um, intersection of where technology healthcare, And I realized that there was this whole um career field that I hadn't been exposed to. So instead of going to med school, I, uh, I, I decided to go to grad school and um, healthcare informatics was um, a certificate program at Iowa at the time. They hadn't developed it yet into a graduate level course curriculum. So I completed that certificate and landed a, a job within Cerner Corporation, which is one of the leading um, electronic health records, medical record field, software providers. And from then on, uh, it, it's been, you know, taking off ever since. Wow. So with it not being a fully established program, were, what, what was that like, I guess? What, what, was the, what were the emphasis you were uh, working on that, you know, played a role later in, in what you're doing now? Yeah. So at the time, um, the emphasis was on um, a lot. Of, it's interesting. A lot of the points that we touched on in that certificate program are things that we see today still as an issue in the healthcare industry in terms of EHR. So uh, we term, talked about um, and learned about interoperability between systems, really how you can get um, a comprehensive uh, medical record for yourself as a patient, right? Um, because oftentimes we go to hospitals and clinics and here and there, and then we move around and we kind of lose track of our own medical system. And so um, the comprehensiveness of that uh, system and owning that piece is something that we're seeing uh, play a part now and, and I think in the future also. But um, we also touch base on cybersecurity, how to share that data and, um, you know, what that will look like as the landscape changes. That was, you know, back in 2001, we are, in that time span between then and now, we've come a long way. So um, it's interesting, though, that some of the same issues about security and interoperability are still in play. Right, right. So in regards to security and uh, global payment method, what what are some trends you're witnessing, at least within the last year, within the industry? Yeah, so, you know, the, the healthcare system, and this also ties into what uh, you just previously asked me about, you know, uh, what the course program was. We had touched base on how healthcare is different in the U.S. compared to other um, international uh, representatives and, and, you know, international healthcare, right? So, um, the, the way healthcare works on a payment scale in the U.S. is we're kind of seen as a multi-tiered system. So um, a large portion of our population is covered under Medicaid or uh, Medicare, and in some instances, they're covered under both. Um, and then a large portion of the rest of us really are um, offered employer-subsidized healthcare. So the employer that you work for takes on a large chunk of that cost. Um, to be able to provide you healthcare, and 
we pay into that program, and then when we need it, our insurance covers um, our our costs in terms of healthcare. So that, in a nutshell, is um, the U.S. healthcare system. Now we work uh, primarily on, depending who you are, um, kind of depends on how you your healthcare is uh, paid for. So if you are um, one of the many that uh, have your own healthcare plan, whether it's employer subsidized or you pay for it uh, completely on your own. Um, that really is something that is a, f- a fee for service model, right? So Elmer, you, let's say you or I go into the hospital for whatever reason, it is um, listed as a ser- the services that are given to you by providers are um, associated with a fee per service um, and per line item. And so that really bloats the system in terms of our healthcare as a nation um, because we're, we're really paying by volume, right. right? And the way that that works is that the, the, from a payment perspective, it shifts um, patient care away from population health and how do we make people more healthy. Um, and it really focuses on how do we get more volume as a business. And I'm only talking about here the um, payment perspective and what payment has caused um, the healthcare industry to look like. So a lot of times you see you see physicians that are really pushed to get more patients seen per day because that increased stream and revenue will then cover the cost of some of your Medicaid and Medicare losses. Because the fact of the matter is Medicaid and Medicare does not cover um, 100% of the costs that are associated with those patients. So if someone, um, if they have a lot of Medicaid and Medicare patients on the books, they're going to see a loss and they're going to need to recover that uh, loss as a business. And they often do that by taking the profits from the the fee-for-service model of um, paying customers, essentially, right. patients. So with there just being generally, I think, a, a bigger push for, you know, being health conscious and more aware of, of what, what what's going on in your body, Do you have you noticed any difference in how patients or uh, customers think about healthcare? Or do you think, do you think, I guess I could also ask, do you think consumers are more or less aware of what's going on in the minutia of this? Yeah, I think for sure um, we are as a group, as a collective, um, wanting to be uh, part of that equation, right? So um, we, you know, it's it's interesting. We talk about healthcare and payment and, and the U.S. It, the U.S. as a whole on a um, wide-scale perspective spends more dollars per person in healthcare um, in the industry than any other developed nation. And yet we're not really seeing a value associated um, in return for that dollar spent, right? So we are seeing um, less um, life expectancy, lower life expen- expectancy than many of our developed uh, counterparts. And at the same time, if, you know, one of the hot topics is labor and delivery costs in the U.S., right? So our labor and delivery costs are hugely expensive compared to other countries. And yet our maternal mortality rate is really um, higher than many of these other developed nations. So we're not seeing value there. And I think that that is um, 
you know, there, there's a big push to kind of start to take ownership of our own health, right? So, um, with the, within the last few years here, we've really seen a lot of self driven apps and, and products, um, come out in terms of, you know, Apple watches and, and devices that can track how we sleep, uh, how well we've slept, how often we're moving, whether we need to move a little bit more. My Apple Watch will um, frequently tell me that I need to get up and walk around and uh, for my right. health, right? Because that is all based on, it's all evidence-based um, data that that is at the power of our fingertips now, right? Or on our wrists. So I think absolutely we are, as a um, collective, becoming more hungry for devices and ways to really adopt uh some ownership there right right so what at, at first health advisory solutions is there anything specific that you're working on that you think would like exemplify some of the changes or evolution we've seen in the industry yeah so cybersecurity is a major um is a major issue for hospitals and healthcare providers um if you See where technology has been in the past, where we came from, right? Where 20, 30 years ago, where um, all of our records were for the most part on paper. Um, and, and we think about how paper can be uh, lost and paper can be corrupted and paper can be um, easily misinterpreted. And paper is difficult to share. And you think about where we've come from to where we are. Um, and then you think about where we're going. You can see that trend also play out with healthcare and cybersecurity, and that's where, really where First Health is is um, shining right now. We are able to utilize a lot of our um, own knowledge and and the resources that we've built on cybersecurity and apply that um, in an advisory level for healthcare. Um, companies. So um, in the last few decades, as technology has advanced within healthcare, what we haven't done is we haven't made it secure um, at the same levels. So um, we're not at the point that the financial industry is or, or the financial services sector is in terms of their cybersecurity. And I think that that is a push of where we're going. Is there anything specific you think... Uh... First Health or the industry as a whole is doing to pr prepare for a potential security breach? Um, yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, so I talked about the financial services industry. The, one of the reasons why they are much more secure than the healthcare industry is because they have been a target for some, uh, you know, 20, 30 years uh, beyond where we have been in healthcare. We're starting to see that now. Healthcare is clearly a risk for cybersecurity. Um, but that push is really pushing us very quickly into the next phase. And, and, you know, with blockchain technology coming out within healthcare, I think that that is the next wave of the future, right? And it gives us multiple avenues. Um, we, we're going to see blockchain technology in healthcare, I think, because there's um, a need for it in, in terms of cybersecurity, making the record more secure than it is now. And also interoperability. How can we share that? How can we distribute that? How can we, um, essentially get that 
record to be more comprehensive. Um, and then also there's, you know, needs based, um, consumer based uh, drive for for blockchain technology and healthcare. Um, millennials are often blamed for or uh, given credit to how we change industries um, in, in this specific time. But I think that that has been seen by the adoption of Internet of Things, right? Your smart uh, watch and, and all these things that help you control your own health. I think what is coming is that Gen Z, a group who has never been without these uh, technological advancements are, and are used to having everything at their fingertips, they're going to want even more ownership of that record. And that is what blockchain technology will bring to healthcare and to patient. Yeah. Okay. Access. So I'm, I'm glad you brought up, you know, the, the difference in generations, because obviously the, the easiest jump is from technical, from a technological perspective, right? Like there are certain changes that just have come because they've become norms as people get older and change. But do you see anything else associated that, um, with this generation that, that has caused any changes in healthcare or in at least how we think about it? Yeah. So it's funny because, um, you know, I have a three year old, right? And he, the toy industry hasn't caught up to the advancements that the healthcare industry has made, right? So it's actually kind of funny when, um, you know, it was about a year ago that he started getting very anxious when we had to take him to the physician to go get his shots. So every time he saw his pediatrician, it, it was a horrible experience for everyone involved. So we bought him a toy, right? A, a medical bag um, geared for children, so to speak, to kind of get him over that fear, right? To humanize the the process, to humanize the physician, all of that. So um, it was interesting because one day he was sitting there and he was playing with his medical bag, right? And he had his stethoscope around his neck and uh, he had his little fake syringe and he had his blood pressure cuff. And he said, I'm going to give you a shot. And I said, great, you know, that's <laughs> awesome. Super. So he ran over and grabbed his Etch-a-Sketch pad. And that's something that didn't come with right. his medical kit, right? So he ran over and grabbed his Etch-a-Sketch pad and he was tapping in it. And I asked him what he was doing. And he said, I'm going to give you a shot. And it dawned on me that in that moment, my, my, you know, then two-year-old, now three-year-old child who in his very short lifespan had only interactions with physicians and clinicians where he saw wow. technology come into play. He was essentially pretending that he was ordering a shot on a tablet, right? The way that your clinician might do so. They might send labs, they might order labs, um, and everything is down to a, a computer level or an iPad level these days. So I think that, you know, the wave of where the, our future takes um, what they have experienced to what they expect in healthcare and technology really comes back to, to blockchain technology again. Um, I think that that is definitely going to come into healthcare and the industry a lot sooner than we expect. And it is going to be so incredibly powerful for uh, ownership right. well, of our Thanks so much for sharing that. that. That was like a, the perfect anecdote for that. Um, so I, I just I have one last question. <laughs> so as as a, as a leader in this industry, what do you see on yeah. the horizon? What what do you think the industry has to look forward to outside of, you know, hopefully catching up to industries that are taking cybersecurity to a new level? What what do you think we we have to look forward to? 
I think that we're going to surpass those industries, right? That's the that's really where I think we're headed. So um, Deloitte had published that um, healthcare and the healthcare industry, more so than the financial services industry, was planning the most aggressive deployments of technology um, across the spectrum. So 35% of those surveyed in the healthcare industry reported that they were going to, uh, they planned on deploying new technology within the next year. And IBM, likewise, had surveyed healthcare executives and found that 56% of them had solid plans on implementing blockchain technology within healthcare by 2020, which is very short, you know, very uh, much in the near future. That's within two years, right? So um, I, I think that that is absolutely where we are headed. And um, I think we're going to surpass the financial services industry uh, because you see that blockchain technology was really developed and utilized by Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, which is something that the uh, financial services industry is not truly adopting and embracing the way that healthcare, I think, will in, uh, embrace that technology. So I absolutely think that we're going to surpass that and, and we're going to make our records more comprehensive, more interoperable and uh, much more secure um, via blockchain technology and, and also give that control back to our, our consumers and patients and end users. Well, Maria, thank you so much for joining me. I, I, I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much. I, this was great and, and I had a great time. I appreciate your time as well. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, you can go to marketscale.com industries and subscribe to articles, podcasts, and video content from your favorite industries. I'm your host, Elmer Guardado. Have a good day.